why does Niven never forget? Join Pete Gagliardi and me as we discuss the ATF's National Integrated Ballistic Information Network, otherwise known as NIBIN, and its power in solving crime, and more importantly, how it brings justice to victims, resolution to their families, and peace to affected communities. Hey, Pete, thanks for uh, coming on. Uh, you wrote an article earlier in the week, and uh, you posted on the RF Factor website. Uh, we'll actually uh, have that in the show notes for anyone that wants to check that out, and I recommend you do. But you really caught my attention on that, because not only did you describe the, the power of, of NIBIN uh, in terms of solving crimes, but more importantly, you were really specific on sort of the cold case aspect of that and the resolution that you brought to families of uh, folks that were involved in a violent crime. So what say you? I'm in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So uh, where does this all start for you? Well, this is actually uh, the, the, the main context of, of the post is actually a very old story. Um, back, I want to say around 2006. I had retired from ATF by that time. I was working for uh, Forensic Technology, the company that makes the uh, the IBIS technology. That's the heart of the uh, the ballistic heart of the National Integrated Ballistic Information Network, known as NIBIN. You know, NIBIN links crimes, guns, and suspects across the country. Uh, as long as the data is being put in, evidence from crime scenes, fired evidence, fired evidence components, cartridge cases and bullets, and test fires from the guns that police recover during their investigations. As long as that data is going into the system, which essentially takes a digital picture, converts it to an electronic signature, stores that signature in a database, once that signature goes in the database, it looks for any other signature that matches and it produces a list back to the requester of evidence that may match in the database. And like I say, it links, it's able to help police link crimes, guns, and suspects across widely separated jurisdictions. So back in 2006, I, I was looking for a specific case with, with some elements in it that would help me show a couple of things. One was that criminals today move. They move from one place to another. They cross a city line, a state line. They might even cross an international line. And as they do, evidence of their crimes gets scattered across these various jurisdictions so that today a police officer conducting a murder investigation, let's say in city A, mm. is dependent for his or her success in that investigation on what a police officer 20 miles away, 50 miles away, 100 miles away in city B does or doesn't do 
with the gun that they take into custody pursuant to some type of investigation. So that was one element. A, a case I was looking for, a successful Nyman case that showed cross-jurisdictional uh, uh, basis. I was also looking for a, a case that, that would show that um, it would take a long time to solve and that sometimes the evidence that you're looking for could be hiding in the evidence vault of the police jurisdiction right next door. And like I said, it could be next door, 20 miles away, 100 miles away. I found that, that the answer to what I was looking for in the Love case, it's a murder case back in 1996. Wow. Down in McCalla, Alabama. A 68-year-old woman is murdered during a home invasion robbery. Completely innocent woman. Um, fired cartridge cases are collected at the crime scene. Bullets are removed from the body during the autopsy. And the cartridge cases actually were run through Nyman at the uh, Alabama Department of Forensic Sciences. And at the time, they, there was no match. They found no Nothing. matching evidence in the database. And from there, as each day went by, the case got colder and colder. It wasn't until around 2002 mm. that the Birmingham Police Department is getting information about a murder that happened in Birmingham. And what's the distance between those two cities? About 50 miles. Right, which is a big deal. Yeah, it's when it comes big deal. to law yeah, they don't talk. Yeah, when, right. when you're when you're separated that far away, right. you're not talking to the you're the not cops on the same radio. Talking to the cops in Birmingham right. every day, you know. Right, you're not attending the same functions. It's it's a distance. Right. Correct. So Birmingham gets this information, and they can't find in their records something that fits the case, and they keep getting this information keeps circulating from these various task forces in the region that are working on some home invasion cases. So they, a detective in, in Birmingham finally said, you know what? Oh, and, and the information included the fact that there was a gun recovered in a town about 20 miles away, 25 miles away from Birmingham, in which, mm. in, in which a gun from some felons, which had been seized, is sitting in a property room. Now, interestingly enough, that, that gun sitting in that pro property room in Adamsville, Alabama, is right, sits right between Birmingham on one side and McCalla, Alabama, 
where Hazel Love, the 68-year-old woman, was murdered. So this one detective in Birmingham is tired of getting these repeated tips about this case in Birmingham, and he decides on his own to go and get that gun in Alabama, get it test-fired, and run it through Diamond. Lo and behold, there's no match Mm. to any crime in Birmingham. But Mm. there is a match of that gun in Adamsville, seized from a felon to the murder of Hazel Love. It had been sitting there in that property room for over two years. Wow. The sheriff down there in Jefferson County, which was investigating Hazel Love's murder, is contacted and he jumps right on it. He puts his his deputies right on that case. Next thing you know, they cross the T's, they dot the I's, and the guys from which that gun was seized, the felons, wind up suspects and charged in the murder of Hazel Love. But that isn't until 2003. Hazel's murdered in 1996. Six years, seven years later, 2003, they actually make the arrest. That was the case I was looking for. So I put that case in my book. Yep. I wrote about that case in my blogs. <laughs> I made that case a lesson learned. And I've heard you talk over. about that case multiple times. Exactly. I, it, it was in every presentation I did as a lessons learned uh, uh, example. On, on a lot of fronts. How things could fall through the cracks because yep. criminals move. And if yep. you're not sharing your crime gun information with the entire affected crime region of which you are a part, then something's going to fall through the cracks. And it did in the case of Hazel Love. So... Um, I wrote about it, I, I talked about it, made it a lessons learned. And one night, and actually it was around 2006, 2007, I, I'm in my home office and it's late at night. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm doing some stuff on my computer and bing, my, my email lights up. And <laughs> it's, an, uh, it's a person I, I, I don't recognize. And I start reading the email and, and it's from a, a woman that I'll refer to as Jennifer. And Jennifer tells me that she is the granddaughter of Hazel Love. And, and, and she, she goes on to say how, um, you know, her family uh, was so appreciative that through Nyman and, and, and through the good works of many, many law enforcement people, whether it was the sheriff of Jefferson County, the detective in Birmingham, the ATF people, the Nyman people, the forensic technology people that designed and invented and -hmm. produced the system. She was thanking everybody. She was just beside herself on behalf of her family. And it really affected me. And I I reached out and and we had spoken. She became an advocate of of Nyman. Um, And she led me to her mom, who was Hazel Love's daughter. Mm. Her mom, and I'll refer to her mom as Judy. That's, that was her first name. So 
over the years now, since 2006, I, I, I've, from time to time, would get an email when I would post something from Jennifer or Judy. Jennifer wrote members of Congress back several years back. Um, and, and actually, uh, I'll talk about the important message that she had to give to them mm-hmm. as I close this. So remind me not to get away from where that, that will be the closure here. Um, but this whole story comes back to me because just about a week ago on the RF factor, I posted about a case in um, Cincinnati. It was a good Ivan case. A couple of guys did a, a right. carjacking. They shot a guy, almost killed him. He, they shot him several times, the, the victim, and, and they both got, Nyben helped link the cases up, and they got convicted, and they were going off to prison for a very long time. And I posted that, and I noticed uh, when, when I, I moved, uh, I, I shared that uh, blog article, that blotter article from RF Factor, I shared it on my LinkedIn page. And I, I get a, a comment from, from Judy, the, <laughs> the, the, the daughter. And I said, you know, uh, I haven't spoke about them in a long time. And I see they're still commenting and they're still supporting Nyman. I'm going to write a, a story about them. And, and that's what I did. And that's what's on there now. It's the name of the story is Nyman Never Forgets. And it goes through the whole story of, of Hazel Love and, and, and Jennifer and Judy and what it meant to their family. Um, they, they called it, they, they, they said, and I'll, I'll paraphrase, if it wasn't for Nyman, that the family would have uh, uh, an empty ending to the story of their family forever. So, you know, the... These were very touching, touching things, and and, it, and it, it's the type of thing that I know that people like you and 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 the, the people we bring on this show, the law enforcement people, and me, it makes the job, it makes you feel like it's it, it's worth doing the job today, because you don't hear about this very often uh, in, in in the environment that we're in. Um, but in, in bringing this to a close. Uh, she wrote a letter uh, to a number of people in Congress that uh, were uh, on the appropriations end of Nyman for ATF. And she talks about the, the case and how it couldn't have been solved and how important Nyman was. But, but she said that it's, it's the, the policymakers who set the policy, make the laws, appropriate the funds to make this happen, that it's their responsibility to make this happen for families like hers. Mm. And if it wasn't for them to fulfill that responsibility, her grandmother's case would have never been solved. And and I think that was a very important message. uh, And I wanted to get that, that out as the closing. So I'm giving it away full disclosure but there's a whole bunch of stuff in between that i've left out purposely so people go on go on the rf factor on the blog look at nyben never forgets and speaking about never forgetting it's atf's 50th anniversary 1972 they became a bureau a standalone bureau happy birthday happy atf birthday. yes and to all the people at atf and everywhere else in law enforcement all the nyben partners 
all the people who make it happen, even the technical people, even the people who designed it. Thank you. Thanks for the work that you do. So, Pete, if it, I think this will make you feel good. I had the opportunity last night to uh, attend a function uh, in reference to the ATF's uh, 50th birthday here, and everyone was talking about Niven and how far it's come. And I know you were a, a huge component of the beginning of Niven, so your name was associated with uh, all those conversations as well. So thank you, and I know they thank you for what you've done over the years. 25-year battle, my friend. 25 <laughs> years, and we're still at it. Well, it's uh, it's a common it's a common theme now, Niven, and how it can uh, uh, really combat gun violence. So thanks for all you've done. So. Thank you. I'm sorry, my voice isn't right today. I, I think I've got an allergy here. You know, <laughs> it, it's the sun every day that makes the flowers grow here in San Diego, and I think I'm allergic to one of them. Oh boy. Well, Pete, thanks again, and, and folks, thanks for tuning in on this. Uh, Nibin is an essential component to countering gun violence, but certainly be able to provide justice to victims and resolution to their families. So, thanks again. And restore peace to their neighborhood. Restore peace to the neighborhood. Have a good one, Ray. Be safe, sir. Later.